Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back to Real Estate Coaching Radio. So I have a question for all of you listeners, always between 100 and 200,000 of you guys listening to us on a regular basis, and here's the question. You've heard me ask, ask this question of all of you before. If you're a longtime listener, it's one of the most important questions, if not the most important question, that you'll ever have asked of you if you're planning on being successful in this business long term. Really any business, by the way, but real estate obviously is our domain. The question is, is what is your magic number. Now, I'm not Julie and I, we don't do mystical, we don't do woo-woo, we don't do pseudoscience, so don't get stuck on the word magic. But there is one number, and we just call it magic number because it's, you know, sounds sounds good. There is one number in your business. One number that you must know at all times. And when you focus all your best energies every day on that one number, and we're going to tell you how to do it, we're going to tell you what it is, we're going to break it down for you in the usual Tim and Julie you know, drilled down fashion. When you know this one number, you will be liberated from virtually all the normal things that distract agents into failure. And that's something that you guys need to be aware of is a, a huge problem. It plagues the industry, distraction into failure. That comes from not knowing what to focus on. That comes from being distracted. That comes from basically thinking you're supposed to be doing all these other things, teams, branding, Facebook ads, you know, you're supposed to be doing video marketing. Oh, am I supposed to be doing, you know, all these silly things that agents are distracted by, where in all reality, there's only really one number you need to be focusing on at all times. And that once you know that one number, all the other things are seen for what they are, which are truly just wastes of time. So we're going to tell you what the number is. We're going to tell you the, the relevance of it. And we're going to tell you how to figure it out, hopefully, all in this one podcast. So, Julie, I've, for the sake of accomplishing that goal, I've kept my vamping to only two minutes. So before we start, do you have anybody you'd like to specifically uh, thank or recognize or appreciate or yes. what have you? I do. One quick one. For, this is, of course, from the private Facebook page for our coaching members. Wendy Lynn Day writes, got my pre-listing package back and my binder for it done, actively going after unrepresented sellers, otherwise known as for sale by owners, and loving it. Also, the show that talked about inspection negotiations came at exactly the right time. Been dealing with this a lot lately. Those are very annoying. Thanks for that talk. Okay, so you're welcome. Thanks for your post, Wendy. And on to Eddie Guajardo. He writes, furiously fast lead follow-up. I've been cranking it out day after day, doing what I don't want to do. I can see success on the horizon. This past Friday, I received a call from a fellow REMAX agent in Oregon. He's giving his client located in my city four agent names to interview for a listing opportunity, says the client will be calling within the next couple of days. He gives me the address so I can do my homework. In my head, I say, F that, I'm going to go get it right now. I rush home, comb my hair, put on a coat, rush over to the address that was given to me, bam, contract signed. So that's what we're talking about with furiously fast lead follow-up. Eddie could have sat on that lead, waited for the guy to call him, and in the meantime, maybe one of those three other agents did what he did and got the listing away from him. Nice job with the furiously fast lead follow-up. It does matter. So I just wanted to give him some kudos for that, and then we'll get to our magic number discussion when you're ready. 
So uh, you're talking about furiously fast lead follow-up. It took me back to a coaching call I had today with the great Brandon Jackson, who I know is an everyday listener, one of the best agents in the country. Um, and uh, he was telling me he went, to, he competed on a listing that he had no real connection to. So it was real competition. It wasn't a usual centers of influence, past client type, gimme deal. It was one where he actually had to go in there and duke it out with two other agents. He knew who these other agents were. He's competed with them in the past, and they're very good agents. And he won the listing. And he asked the seller, why did, I, why did you choose me, which is a great question to ask. Even if you, you know, when you don't get it, it's important to ask. When you do get it, it's even more important to ask. Because, you know, let's be honest, his presentation, his PLP was great and everything. He's using our material from Premier Coaching, but so was theirs. Otherwise, they wouldn't be successful too. So let's give credit where credit is due, and he still won. And the answer from the seller when asked why the seller chose him was simple. You followed up the quickest. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Hmm. And that's so often that's the simple. only deciding factor between you getting the listing and not is the fact that you call people back right away. So where you guys get lazy and it's easy to hit the lazy button is when you think a buyer is just a buyer, not realizing that most buyers have houses to sell. And when you use our script and you call the buyer leads back right away and you ask the buyer, you know, right at the top, it's the third question on our buyer pre-qualified script. Mr. Buyer, by the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? When you ask that question right at the top of your buyer pre-qual script, you're going to find that depending on the price range of the property and obviously the market, you're going to be looking at probably 50% of the times you're not talking just to a buyer. You're talking to a seller who has to sell the house before they can buy something. So now you're basically going to deal with a potential listing. And that's what the great agents know. They don't just base – so what does everyone else do? They do really, really dumb things like they hire other people or delegate the lead follow-up. That's the last thing or one of the last things you ever want to delegate in your business because nobody is going to be doing it with any level of efficiency. And let's be honest. Uh, if you guys have to choose which leads you're going to follow up on, make the Internet leads the least that you, the, the last you follow up on. So if you have so much time, so much energy every day to do really good lead follow-up, what you have to set rules for yourself. Anybody that calls, you call them back right away. If you're using 800homehotline.com, you call those leads back by, uh, right away. If someone emails you or someone texts you, and they, don't, and they don't have their return contact information. Obviously, for a text, you have their cell phone numbers. But if you just get a blind email, you email them back, and you say, I will give you a quick call. What's your phone number? That's your quickest, easiest way to make it so that you know whether or not you're dealing with a real lead or not. If they don't email you back, then don't waste your time. So start setting rules up. But remember, the person who gets there first almost always wins. And Interestingly enough, there's been a lot of research that's been done on this very topic, again, outside of just real estate and sales in general, that most people will hire the first salesperson that they meet, not necessarily the most qualified or the most experienced. So if you're listening to us right now, listeners, and you're saying, I'm new in the, age, new in the business, I, you know, my real estate license, the ink hasn't even dried yet, the whole thing, right? The usual jokes about new agents, and you're wondering how you can compete against great agents like Brandon Jackson. Just be faster than him and doing lead follow-up. Most sellers are not going to ask you or know what to ask you as far as qualifying you against another agent. But the fact that you got there fastest, just for the sake of them not having to talk to a bunch of other agents, they'll probably hire you. So many people overcomplicate this business. The essence of this business is very simple, and that's what the real estate magic number is all about. So, Julie, without any further delay… Yes, that's right. So on to the magic number. This is a good time to take notes because everyone's going to have a little bit different number on this. We'll start out with a couple of facts. 
First fact, working with buyers is physical labor. Working with listings is mental labor. Just reminding you all of that. Fact, the more listings you have, the more predictable and duplicatable your income is. Third fact, then we'll do the math. If you haven't yet made the money you need to meet or exceed the goals of you and your family, you have not found enough people to help. Ideally, listings that need help. Here's the math. So talking about your magic number, the magic number is defined as this. It's the number of active listings you must have at all times, active listings at all times, in order to meet or exceed the income required by your goals. Now that also assumes that you have goals and you know what that number is, but we'll take that leap of faith for now. So point number one, let's say that you need $5,000 a month to pay your bills, but $15,000 per month to live the life of your dreams. And I take you back to the real estate treasure map and the Harris Rules book because we've seen this time and again. When you figure out the math, it's almost a three times ratio, the amount of money it takes to really move the needle in your lifestyle based on your dreams versus what it takes to just keep the lights on. So you can pay your bills on five grand a month. Almost everybody can. Obviously, there's some different swings depending on what city you live in, how many kids you've got, whether they're all in private schools, what else is going on in your life. But for the sake of the math, most people have about a $5,000 a month nut. Okay, but it takes three times that to do all of your goals. Maybe that's boosting your savings, paying cash for vacations, you know, paying your credit card debt off, etc., and then having the lifestyle of your dreams. All right, so that's some basic math. Point number two, let's say your average net commission is five grand. So it really only takes you one closing a month to keep the lights on, but it takes three a month to have a rockin' lifestyle. Obviously, you can adjust accordingly, okay? So figure out that math. What's it take for you to live on, and what's it take for you to actually accomplish your goals? Point number three, here's the rub. How do you achieve this income regularly, not sporadically? I know that probably all of you guys listening, unless you just got your license yesterday or you're very part-time, I know you guys can do a deal a month with an average net of five grand. That's not the point. The point is doing three times that to meet or exceed your goals and, most importantly, doing it month in and month out. That's the quintessential top producer challenge, doing it month in and month out with consistency. Would you agree with that, Tim? It is, and I want you guys to really drill down on what Ms. Julie just said. She said specifically off listings. We're not talking about buyers. The reason that we're not talking about buyers is because what she said at the top, that working with buyers is physical labor or working with sellers is mental labor. And we want all of you guys to realize is that working with listings is what you want to work, move your business towards. I say that sometimes, uh, and reminding myself as I say it, that is a commonsensical thing in real estate, but many of you don't know it because you've not been in the business during the, a time outside of the last 10 years. So if you got your license in the last 10 years, you don't know the fact that listings are the thing that you should be pursuing. You will discover that when the market shifts. You will discover that when it becomes a buyer's market. You will wish that you had listing skills. You will wish that you maybe had listened with more intensity to what we're telling you now. So do yourself a favor and cut out the middleman of having to painfully listen, you know, too late listen to what we're saying and take action on what Julie's saying now. Exactly. So memorize the phrase, you must list to last. Truer words have never been spoken <laughs> regarding real estate. You must list to last. Point number four. So how many listings, here's the math question, how many listings does it take to hit those three deals per month? 
Now, those three transactions may or, not, may or may not be listing selling. It could be buyer sides that spin off of your listing inventory. Okay? So how many listings must you have in inventory at all times to get three deals to close per month? Okay, now this is a bit of a sliding scale depending on how quickly your stuff is selling. So general rules of thumb are three at all times if your inventory sells very quickly. So you list three this month and all three sell next month. You've got to move things a lot faster if you've got low days on the market. Five at all times if your inventory takes 90 days plus or minus to sell, five actives at all times should get you there. But up to 10 at all times if you have longer days on the market and more inventory. And I would say, I would add to that, particularly if you're doing a lot of luxury homes which have more competition, more days on the market, potentially more negotiating involved. So those are rules of thumb. Now you can run absorption rate studies and you can seriously drill down on this and figure out uh, your own tendencies depending on you know, the zip code you're selling in and the price range and how long they sit on the market. But generally speaking, three at all times if your inventory is selling very fast, five at all times, 90 days or less, plus or minus I would say, to sell, and 10 at all times to have uh, if you have longer days on the market. Typically, I think we would average about 20 to 30 listings at all times to get 8 to 10, maybe 12 closings per month, but that would fluctuate depending on market conditions and the mixture of the listing inventory as well. You know, if you have 10 new construction homes in inventory, you're working with a builder, but none of them are going to have a completion date for 6 months, well obviously your math is going to be different. But these are some guidelines for you. Now, Point number five, why aren't we talking about buyers? Tim, you mentioned this earlier. Because buyers never, ever actually have to buy. They can live with mom and dad. They can live with their kids, corporate housing, keep what they've got, or rent forever. They could travel forever. You know, there's a cruise ship that goes around the world continuously. You could live on a cruise ship if you wanted to. Okay? Buyers never, ever actually have to buy. Qualified, motivated sellers do have to sell. Qualified, motivated sellers do have to sell, and that's why you concentrate on listings. So point number six, here is the closing question to take action on. Where do qualified, motivated, have-to-sell sellers come from? You've got to have your magic combination of spokes in your lead generation wheel. Secret, it is not ever going to be just one spoke that gets you the consistency that you desire. Some of you live the feast and famine lifestyle. You've got a lot of pendings this month, work on those, but nothing next month because you're a one-spoke wonder. Your business is dependent on when your next referral comes in, when your next past client comes to you. Or maybe you do a really killer job, but it's all open house leads. And because you didn't do any this month, you're going to be dry next month. Don't be a one-spoke wonder. My favorite combination of spokes probably is I always start with centers of influence, past clients, and referrals because that's a great foundation for all of your businesses. Blowing off your past clients and not having a great center of influence where you get organic business is a mistake. So that is a core spoke everyone needs to work. Unrepresented sellers, you know our Facebook poster uh, talked about going after for sale by owners and setting appointments. So for sale by owners, why? Well, one of the things you guys like to complain about is not having phone numbers. A for sale by owner sign is a cry for help with a phone number attached to it. Expireds. New construction, spec home listings, and probate. This is, those five spokes are a combination of immediate business with the for sale by owner and expireds, semi-immediate with probate, and then new construction, 
to mix it up and your center of influence as a base. What else would you add to that, Tim? That's always kind of my, I mean, there's lots of spokes, but that's a good combination for most people. Well, so what's the elements? What are the other common elements amongst everything Julie just said? You don't have to buy the leads. Some of you guys are going to flock towards anybody that's going to refer you a listing lead, and you're going to end up paying 25 or 30 percent. You guys have got to get your minds wrapped around the fact that you have to stop stop buying leads. Just stop doing it. If you're in, you know, sometimes people say, well, as your business expands, then you can add, you know, paid sources of leads. And I don't necessarily have a problem with that. But the problem is, is I've yet to see an agent that we've coached, anyone come to us who has uh, had their fund, their business fundamentals based in proactive lead generation, who once they started adding things like passive lead generation from radio ads or from buying leads from, you know, getting leads from this source or that source, they always forget to keep doing the proactive lead generation. And then they lose the skill set. And then those other sources stop working and then they screw themselves. So our suggestion is, is that the core spokes in your wheel, you only really need seven lead generation spokes. This is a totally different conversation, spokes in the wheel. Go to um, our website, timandjulieharris.com, and just put in spokes in the wheel on the search button, and you can listen to past podcasts on that concept we came up with years ago. It will give you a lot of clarity about really how many uh, lead generators you actually need. But we're always going to ask you guys to go after the sources of business that are going to uh, require skill for sure, but they're also going to be lead sources that don't cost you any money and that are going to be the most immediate as, f as far as seller's motivation. Buying leads of any variety is always going to result in, if they're valid leads at all, which most of them won't be, they're always going to result in you making hardly any profit from the sale. What's the damn point of doing the sale in the first place if you're not going to make profit from it? So just keep that in mind when you're listening to Tim and Julie. We're going to tell you what you need to hear, not necessarily what you want to hear, but if you're willing to listen and then you're willing to do the work and do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level. On the other side of that is the real reason you got into real estate. It's called financial freedom. Julie? Absolutely. So as always on podcasts, we don't like to just educate you and motivate you. We want you to be in action on this. So what is your action plan? What is it that you must implement? The first thing is to do your own math. Figure out what your personal magic number is. It's going to vary from listener to listener, agent to agent. It just depends on the nature of what you're doing. Some of you guys are really, really great at pricing stuff, and your inventory moves quickly, partially because of you. Some of you are newer at this. You're throwing a dart at the board, and even though your market might be hot, maybe you're struggling with negotiating and getting it priced right, and you know your listing skills are, let's say, being raised up to speed. That number is going to probably require you to have more listings while you get your listing skill together. It's kind of counterintuitive. So figure out your own tendencies and set your magic number. You may not be 100% accurate, but not having a magic number is worse than being off by a little bit. If you want to start somewhere, maybe you're averaging three listings at once and you've never had any more than that. Set your initial goal to get to five actives at all times. The idea is to lather, rinse, repeat. As one sells, you replace it. The challenge is always getting to that magic number. Once you're there, it's easier to just you lather, rinse, repeat, replace them as they come. If you're already somebody that's used to carrying 10 at a, any given time, but you struggle to get to your next level, set your magic number to 15. You know, Think this through. Do something reasonable. So choose your magic number. That's step one. Then you've got to look at where those, that listing business is going to come from. What is your mix 
of your lead generation? Well, one way to start that decision-making process is to look back historically, where has your business come from? For example, if you already get lots of repeat and referral, but you don't really have a systematic plan to talk to your past clients, your database, your sphere, and you already get some decent business, what would happen if you did have a specific plan on that? What would happen if you doubled that? That's a place to start. Okay? So decide where it's going to come from, and then don't stop until you reach your magic number. Prospect, market, follow up until you meet or exceed what you need to maintain that magic number at all times, and track your listing leads on your whiteboards. Note to self, you must have three, generally it's about three times the needed numbers to really get there. That's because some of them aren't going to list. They're not going to list right away. Maybe you won't always take the listing. So over-generate to actually meet or exceed your magic number goal. Does that make sense, Tim? Absolutely. All right, so that's their homework. Really? Nice and easy. Yeah, yes. so, but, but let's just break this down, just summarize, okay? If you guys uh, – here's the basic math of this, okay? If many of you um, listening can at least envision you having five listings at all times. Some of you maybe can see yourself having ten. Many of you have had dozens of listings at all times. So if you had in many markets, let's say, ten listings at all times, scale accordingly, and your average sale price – was $300,000. Now I realize, guys, we are talking to a huge audience, and some of you have markets where the average sale price is millions of dollars. Now there's where your average sale price is less than 100. I get it. So you have to scale accordingly. Here's how the math would work based on, let's say, and I'm going to assume the commission in my example is going to be you know, 3%. So let's just say on the list side of the business, if you had 10 listings at all times, and each of those listings was $300,000, that means that every time one of those listings sold, it was worth $9,000 to you. I know, broker splits. This is the other thing. So I get it. Work with me here, people. I'm trying to help you at least get the concept. And for you to meet and exceed your expect, you know, use Julie's number. You need $5,000 a month to pay your bills. By the way, do remember what she said. 5000 is probably the number you need if you're not living on one of the coasts and all your stuff is paid off. But let's just say it's not. And so maybe your number that you actually need is $9,000 a month. So if you had 10 listings at all times, you'd have to have one listing sell per month, and you would at least meet your financial obligations. If you wanted to exceed your financial obligations, then you'd have to sell two or three, because you need to earn $9,000. For you to basically accomplish all your financial goals, if you're earning, say, $21,000 or you know, you know, nine times three is 27000 if you're earning that much, well, then guess what? You're probably feeling pretty financially secure, and you're well on your way to being financially independent, assuming you don't piss the money away on buying leads and doing all the things that normal agents do. When they start making money, they start doing dumb things that it'll, they'll hope and somehow pray that will generate leads for them passively. Don't do that. Don't fall victim to that. That is dumb. That is the way you end up with no profit. Now, some of you are going to say, well, Tim, I don't know what my actual ratios are in my marketplace. What I'm telling you is, for the most part, if you had 10 well-priced listings <clears throat> right, in most markets, and I'm not talking about lot listings, I'm not talking about multifamilies, I'm not talking about commercial, I'm not talking about weird stuff. If you had 10 residential homes, for the most part, in the market in the country right now, most of those listings will take less than 90 days to sell and close. In a normal market, that 
uh, days in the market might extend to four or five months. But for most of you, if you list something today, there's a very good chance, assuming it's a you know, good single-family residential type house, that you're going to get paid on that within 90 days or less. Formulatically, that's how you have to use some of the MLS uh, statistics if you really want to drill down on all this. Average days on the market, the abs average absorption rate, all this stuff is laid out in the Real Estate Treasure Map, which is a book we give you when you request a free coaching call at freecoachingcallsforagents.com. But I want you to at least understand the simplicity and the beauty of the concept. If you had 10 listings at all times, it is safe to say that at least three of those listings would uh, be in contract to close or closing every single month. I think everyone listening can agree to that. That means you'd be making $27,000 a month before your broker split and all the rest of it. So that will, for the most part, be a huge um, you know, win for virtually all of you listening. I want you to think about that. Now, if you are in a market where, like some of you are going to say, well, my stuff sells super fast. How am I ever going to get to 10 listings? Um, chances are you're also in a market where the average sale price is higher, and you might actually be able to take have fewer than 10 listings at all times. So, for example, let's say uh, I'll, I'll scale it up just for fun. We've had coaching clients who have very expensive lifestyles, and they have to earn personally just to pay their bills forty to $50,000 a month. But if you have an overhead like that, you probably live in a really expensive part of the country where the average sale price is probably a million and a half. $2 million, somewhere in that range, maybe falling if you're in Greenwich or New York City, but you get the idea. And let's, just say, let's use New York City as an example. So in New York City, you probably would need, if your goal is to uh, sell one house per month and make $50,000 a month, let's say, and your average commission is going to be, your average sale price is a million and a half, and in New York City, the commissions are 6% for the most part, you would probably need, active with the changing market, probably 10 to 15 listings at all times, because the days in the market is extending, and you need to adjust accordingly. And by the way, the magic number might change. You need to check on it probably every 90 to 120 days. If you see things are selling faster, um, then you're going to have to obviously adjust accordingly. Slower is the same thing. The work part of getting up to your magic number. So let's just say you guys have all bought up on the concept. All right, Tim, I get it. You know, I'm not going to do all the math, but you know, I'm going to focus on having 10 listings at all times. Okay, perfect. Now what? So the work part is going from where you are to having 10 listings at all times. And for the most part, you can get up to that magic number within 90 days or less assuming that some of them sell along the way, assuming that you're going to have to learn some skills and get your pre-listing pack done and all that. So your new business model, I'm giving this to all of you to follow, does not require that you work with buyers ever. Oh, Tim, what do I do with the buyers I get? Refer them off after you've called them back and pre-qualified them and determined if they have any house to sell. Refer them to other agents if you don't want to work with them. You get your nights and your weekends back. You get your normal work day back if you choose just to focus on sellers. So brokerages, this is the way that you weather any financial storms. You get your listings, you, you get your listings up, you get your agents knowing how to hunt listings, and you become a dominantly uh, a brokerage that's focused on uh, listings, not on buyers. Buyers in a changing market are going to be the death knell of the industry because they will wait. They will procrastinate. They will change their minds. And if your cash flow is based on buyers, that are going to be you know, essentially uh, nervous about purchasing, you're going to have a serious financial problem. Pivot whatever your best energies are uh, towards focusing on dominating the market in terms of going after listings. All right, guys? Conceptually, do you understand? 
Are you guys with me on this? Your number might only need to be five, by the way. If, if you're in a market where you have, like if you're in you know, Southern California and your average sale price is a million dollars and you need to earn only ten grand, you probably are having a great life with only three listings at all times. When Julie and I sold real estate, we needed to have dozens of listings at all times. We've had coaching clients that in order to meet or really to exceed their goals and hit their big financial goals, they need to have 75 to 100 listings at all times. Again, areas where the average sale price was less. That's what you have to do. You have to work harder. Get it, guys? Are you listening? This is something all of you can do. This makes it so that when someone calls you up and trying to pressure sell you into buying leads, you say no. When someone tries to call you up and says, I want you to – let's talk about your branding or your logo or your website or your this or the other thing, you can say no. I'm focusing on my magic number. I'm focusing on getting my listing count to, let's just say, 10 and then maintaining it. So the work part, the hard part is getting your inventory up to 10 at all times, replacing what sells. But once you've got up to 10, what happens is, is it actually becomes easier because not all 10 of those are going to be going into contract at all times. You're going to be replacing them. So the replacing them is actually less work because you'll have three on average, I'm guessing, going contract per month. That means you only have to replace three per month. You don't have to actually build up to the altitude. This is the plane taking off analogy, guys, if those of you who have been listening to us for a long time. Once you're at cruising altitude, it requires less energy than when you're getting the plane off the ground. The getting the plane off the ground is the work part. The getting the plane at cruising altitude is just replacing what sells from your existing inventory. I give you permission to never use the word team. I would suggest to you that you never consider building a buyer's agent staff. How about that? I would suggest to you that you only focus on this because this is where you make huge profit selling real estate. Think about it. Think about where all the agent's money is being wasted. Think about why real estate teams and even real estate brokerages are barely profitable. Why? Because they're not focusing on listings. They're focusing on all the other BS that they think they're supposed to in order to be relevant in the real estate business. And the truth is, none of it's true. Just focus on going after the inventory. If you guys want to know how to fend off any you know, new age, you know, new idea, greatest thing since sliced bread uh, real estate brokerage model, dominate the listings. Because whoever controls the inventory controls the market. Kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So listen, guys, if you need us for, need us for anything, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. We'd love to help you. We're getting a lot of requests for private speaking events. We're always interested in entertaining um, any invitations. Uh, so if you're interested in having us speak to your board, your office, your region, your whoever, whatever, just email me directly, and I'll connect you with Tom, and he'll answer all your questions um, about our schedule for the rest of the year into 2019. If you guys need me directly for anything, again, it's Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Thanks for making it a great day. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.